streets out the way i heard that you went on a road trip <laughs> with your girlfriend for the first time like it was your first time ever going on a road trip tell me yeah. how that experience was man man uh man <laughs> <laughs> you, you just gonna dive right in I see we, we right. diving yeah. right in <laughs> so man it was a wonderful experience man so uh yeah man uh me and my girl y'all y'all Hey baby, uh, she uh, we went to Kansas City. We're actually going down there to just handle some things. We we're actually going to uh, see her family and bring uh, her so, daughter uh, back home with her. Yeah, man, uh, me and my girl. So that was a, a really good time. I got to meet a lot of uh, her family, um, people that were big and important influences in her life. And just seeing where she comes from, you know, kind of gave me a little bit more background on who it is I'm with and uh, just uh and it was a good time the entire time. Uh, I mean towards the end we got look to a little patch but it wasn't that wait hold on hold on what what that. what do you mean like a little patch though? What does that mean? Well, what does that even entail? No patch you know you know just with any type of traveling situation, you know after enough miles, you know, you get tired and irritated and you might wind up getting on each other's nerves for a little bit. Boy. And that happened. I mean, when I got on my parents' nerves, when I had, like, that knee issue, they popped me a little Vicodin, and I wasn't on their nerves anymore. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it was definitely, uh, you know, it was testing, but we, we made it through, you know. Uh, we learned we learned from, from that, and uh, it wound up being better uh, for our relationship that it happened. Okay. What do you mean, like, better by your relationship? Do you think that you guys became stronger in the relationship because of this road trip? Like, how does that even work? Well, uh, so, okay. So first and foremost, before I get into this, so the trip was absolutely awesome. Like the mom, her mom is fire woman, the God, uh, doing what God's called her to do and uh, bringing souls into the kingdom. Uh, and just got a chance to really talk to her family. And just, you know, it's, it's an important step. When you what do you mean? Family, like better by a lot of people think that you guys don't get became that stronger. You know, uh, it's, uh, so definitely never ever take it for granted. You know how how much she uh, she's allowed me access into her life, and so, but on the way back, man. So it's a it was about a three hour drive from Tulsa, three hour drive. Uh, so just on the way back, man. Just some. You know, when you're tired and things happen, you know, saying you say things and do things that really aren't, uh, you know, saying appropriate for a Christian man or woman to do. And, uh, you know, so, but more so than what happened, which I can't necessarily speak in detail because I don't want to put my baby's information out there like that. Um, but, um, you know, 
it's more so what happens afterwards. And afterwards, you know, we communicated and, and we talked to each other. We identified each other's feelings on different things that we actually weren't aware of. And uh, we just learned that, you know, nobody thinks the same way as we do. Um, and even though, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have to, you have to understand there's an underlying reason behind the, uh, the reaction most times. Reaction and also learning to react and respond uh, uh, really, really big. You know, responding, you actually taking time to take into consideration their point of view, how they look at things, and, and make sure that you don't disregard how they felt during that time. And uh, it's, it's difficult to do that sometimes because sometimes you can get into a, well, what about, you know, saying, what about this you did to me and this and that? And it's not, a, if, if any healthy relationship is going to last long term, you have to learn to be able to communicate your feelings without uh, bringing those feelings back up. And that's really difficult to do because a lot of people have a tendency to talk about it and then they just go right back to that exact time point and they, you know, get themselves entangled in those emotions. When you have to realize that the fact that you guys are talking means that you guys have moved forward. And what you're doing from that point is just figuring out how can we better handle this situation if it comes again, or if it's a situation that needs to be avoided, how can we take better steps in communicating so we can avoid it? Avoid it from I, mean, I kind of have a question for that though is it really moving forward if that person still lives in that moment you know what i mean so like you say that <laughs> it's a progression forward that we progress forward but if i keep bringing up these past moments where i was in turbulence then what's is that truly trying to put the step no put the right foot forward taking that next step and being forgiving like how does that work well so According to my faith, uh, it's it's commanded of us to really um, be benevolent to each other, forgive each other constantly, and if we're honoring the command of our Father, then there's really nothing you can't get past. Um, you have to realize that nobody is perfect except Jesus, and in uh, rising means um, you're you're gonna have to look at some things that you did and some things that they did and figure out where you were wrong. And, figure, and a lot of times if you can be more uh, reflective, um, you know what I'm saying, and self-aware about what's going on, uh, and I'm, I'm going to need to step away for a second uh, to handle something, but um, then you can address more so what's going on with you. See, the fact of the matter is you guys are there to help identify each other. You're like that person who is your significant other is your accountability partner. And as your accountability partner, they have a responsibility to you to make sure that you are the best version of yourself. And that means calling out the flaws you see in a loving manner, of course, but calling out the flaws, talking about it, and then developing a solution that will actually enhance not only the relationship, but the betterment of the individual. And that's, it's, it's a ministry. And it's a constant ministry. And so you're constantly going to be growing. You're constantly going to be learning about each other. And that's okay. Um, it's just important that people understand that you're not going to be right all the time. They're not going to be right all the time. And if you want it to last and you want it to work, you have to work together, come together. And that means even when you're in your feelings, 
you still communicate with each other. You don't cut each other off. You don't walk away. Um, and you hear each other out, even when it's something you don't want to hear. You really try to understand from their perspective. And then you have to admit where they're right. And then you also have to clarify where they may be wrong. And that takes a lot of humility on your side, but it also takes a lot of tactfulness as well because um, words are, are, they can be used to heal or they can be used to hurt depending on how they're phrased and, and the way they're delivered. So you have to be conscious about how you're delivering um, the message you're trying to get across. If you want that message, the, the actual message you're trying to get across, you have to be very conscious about the words you're using and how they come across to other people. Okay. So what is more important? Well, if you one talk about... second, I have to uh, step away just for one second. Oh, you're good. And so right. go ahead, step away. I'll go ahead and fill this space. You're okay. And so one thing I, I, I come into terms with when it comes to like relationships, because everything he said there was absolutely great. Um, but the question I'm going to ask him is what is truly, so how, how about this? Let's say we have a scenario and I'm going to give him a different scenario, but what happens if your partner, they said they've moved on. They haven't bring up, there hasn't been any turbulence, but the uncertainty of the relationship is still there. The uncertainty of the business that you guys didn't handle was still there. How, would the relationship still function properly if that didn't happen? And so what I'm going to do is just remove his number. <laughs> I want to remove his number a little bit till he comes back. But is the relationship still certain until no I, it, it's <laughs> his number popping up kind of got me messed up i didn't know when he was going to step away the number was going to pop up but as far as having relationships with your significant other i am brand new to this game i am brand new to this game and so i was actually just you know discussing and i'm going to give you a scenario too e where let's say you guys have voiced that you moved on. You voiced mm -hmm. it. Right? You guys thought that you were truly a cohesive unit, but something mm -hmm. happened. Something that brought back up your old ways. Is that mm -hmm. still technically healthy? Meaning, okay, hey, you remember that thing that you did back then? It kind of reminds me of what you did now. So is that still healthy if whatever you did now is a past reminder. Well, there's always going to be something. So first and foremost, it's always going to be something. You always wrong. But, uh, the man's always wrong. Let's just put it out there. Go ahead and say <laughs> it. The man is always wrong. Women are always no. right. Look, I'm dumb. I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm dumb. No, uh, <laughs> nah, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's you being dumb. It's, it's, it's finding a way to understand each other. Uh, not trying to be philosophical or anything, but this it's really worth trying to understand women from a man's perspective, just like it's hard to understand a man from a, uh, from a woman's perspective. Okay. Because we operate, we operate differently. We think differently. Um, you know, the goals may be the same, but the way we go about the getting or accomplishing that goal could be completely different just based off. And then now that also just, so there's a lot of factors, you know, how you were raised, um, what you were taught, you know, there's, there's a lot of different factors that 
equates to how somebody responds in a situation. And so referring to that one question where you were saying, what happens if they bring it up again? Uh, doesn't necessarily, that doesn't mean that they haven't moved on, but it's something to be used uh, to learn from. So, of course, you want to constantly um, do your best not to bring up old things. But sometimes uh, going back to old things and reviewing it would help you make uh, the right decision for something you're currently facing. That's true. Yeah. And so what happened if you're currently facing? You good? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just moving around. What happened if you're currently facing your inability to be responsible? Because now that's a battle within yourself. Yes. And that's the whole point of, of the relationship is, is people think a relationship is going to make them complete. That's completely false. Um, the, the truth of the matter is if you're, if you're not complete, and whole before you find somebody. I know everybody heard this before, but it bears repeating. If you if you're not complete and whole yourself, you won't be uh, when somebody else comes along. And in the same regard, uh, if you still have issues and, and things to deal with, trauma to deal with that you don't address, it will show up and show out in the relationship because uh, those triggers can still trigger it. And those in uh, the actions we see that people do, that's what's gonna uh, what you're gonna see. So whenever and, and how and how people respond to it is based on you know their relationship with whatever what was going on. So um, some people's normal is yelling and screaming and violence and uh, just you know some people that's their normal. That's what they're used to. And you'll find that people who have a tendency to provoke conversations that um, create violence and tension and strife, that's because they're used to it. They don't know how to be uh, in an environment where people can disagree and still be cordial. People can disagree and still um, communicate with each other and strongly disagree at that. Not just like a disagree or I think like have some some deep dif- disagreements and still be able to communicate with each other. There's a lot of people who can't do that. That's not what they're used to. Their normal is, you know, violence, yelling, uh, getting their way, cutting people off. Um, you know, and if and that's why it's important to understand who that person is before uh, you make a commitment to them because there's certain things about them you might not be uh, graced to deal with, and. Um, you know, that's that's something that takes time to figure out because they're not going to show you all of this when they first meet you. Well, uh, I have a gonna... I'm going to cut you off. Hmm. I'm sorry for cutting you off. But how do you no, even good. know all of this? Because aren't you still and move the camera a little bit because you were really kind of close. <laughs> I said, how do you even know all of this? How do you even know all of this if you're basically kind of brand new to relationships? You know what I mean? Like, how well, how does one understand all of this already? Because aren't you kind of aren't you really still kind of figuring this out? Yeah. Well, um, yes, I am brand new to being in a relationship, but I'm never brand new to uh, the seeing it. I I grew up watching examples good and bad i um everybody if you think about it not just 
not just talking about couples, but relationships exist in every part of our life. We have relationships with coworkers, relationships with bosses. We have relationships with friends. We have relationships with uh, acquaintances, maybe close acquaintances. Um, you know, that person you see on the corner every week, every time at the same time, you have a relationship with that person, a rapport. I see each other at that exact moment every single time. Um, all of those are relationships. We have a relationship with um, bill collectors, the people we talk <laughs> to over the phones and stuff like that. Like, relationships exist everywhere. So if you can learn to manage a difficult relation, relationship, because nothing worth having comes easy. I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people want things to be easy or, or for things to be conclusive or for things to just be apparent. And sometimes that's just not how it is. There's issues, uh, complicated issues that can't just be, they don't have a five minute fix and it's not something that's going to be fixed within sometimes not even a year. Some, some, th some things take a lifetime. If I'm honest, I mean, uh, depending on how deep the hurt is and um, how, how entrenched the trauma is in their brain, how willing they are to actually um, to want to change, because you have to want to change before you can disown anything. You have to own it first. That's true. And so, um, true. you know, that's so. Yeah, I'm I'm new to dating relationships, and I'm and and that's what's uh, that's kind of what we're figuring out. Is you know, I'm new to all all of this. So there are some things that she because she's been dating for a while, and um you know i'm brand new to it so there's things she knows about relationships which you know are supposed to happen that i didn't know just because i didn't have that knowledge and she kind of has to and that's her ministry part of it to me is to teach me these things that i should have known that nobody taught yeah. it and that's her ministry uh, and uh or i wasn't given the opportunity to to experience so well i have a um, question for yeah. you what do you hmm. say to those people and this is a hard question mind you what do you say to those people that might have either a disability an illness or just cannot communicate effectively to help nurture and nature those relationships that you're talking about building well to them uh you have to build a community um uh and the people around them so uh if you have a hard time doing that then you probably have to learn um be willing to learn so the fact that you can admit hey i'm i'm not even really good at this then okay it's okay to learn it's okay to say i don't know sometimes you know um because a lot of the fact of the matter is a lot of us don't know and we're acting like we know um <laughs> professional boy i act like i know a whole bunch of things tell one yeah. of my supervisors that i know i don't know nothing but I'm very good at BSing. I am so articulate in the BS world. <laughs> I could BS you forever. <laughs> nah, well, so here's so here's the thing about it is, you know, everybody has particular talents and strengths. And so they can, you know, they know things in their strength because that's just what they're good at. True. But there's also the same people in those same strengths, there's things that they don't know that, you know, saying they might be able to learn quickly, but they don't know. That's and true. so whenever you see them uh, operating a certain way, uh, that's not the correct way. It might be legitimately because they don't know. I think if people gave people an honest, uh, 
and and we're actually willing to be patient. See, I really think it all boils down to patience. Um, there's a lot of people not willing to be patient, and and patience isn't. I'm not talking about for a week. I'm not talking about for two months until they get it together. I'm talking about being patient to the point where it's self-sacrificing. Oh, um, that's because at that point, you know, um, then you'll be able to see the growth because you're going to have to stick through some hard moments uh, when they say some, some, some harsh things, um, you know, and, and not try to kill that person, you know, so I mean, you didn't have to go that far, but I understand what you were trying to well, say. Hey, well, think, think about it. If you really think about how many homicides we see on a daily basis, if we was, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a statistic out there that could describe it to us, but you know, there's homicides. Uh, a lot of it are tied to relationship driven. That's true. That is uh, true. Thing. And so, you know, that's just because they, you know, people don't want to take the time to do the hard work to get to know each other, uh, to figure each other out. Also figuring out who who they come with. That person you you want comes attached. And they come attached with whatever it is they're dealing with at that moment, whoever it is they're connected to. So when you are thinking about making a life decision with that person, you you got to you got to consider, you know, who does this person come with? The mom, the dad, the brothers, That's the nieces, the nephews, the, all of the people, you know what I'm saying? And depending on how significant they are in this person's life will depend on how significant they are in your life. And so, um, and and just to kind of bring up, bring about a point, I really think it needs to be addressed. Like, so all the, all the females who claim they don't want a mama's boy, you don't know what you want. Uh, I know this Ooh, is probably going to wait, wait a minute now. Go ahead. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it boldly and probably you don't know what you want. Uh, not to say like you want a weak man, uh, but weak men, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you you got to remember there's a lot of guys out there who didn't have a dad who was strong enough to stay in his life and teach him things that he should know. And so you say you don't want a mama's boy, but the fact of the matter is you're, you're talking to a lot of mama's boys and a lot of them, you know, saying the way they act is because of what they don't know. Uh, the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't have knowledge of how to be a real man. They weren't given the opportunity. They weren't trained. Um, and so they're out here and they're just doing what they see. Um, there's a difference between doing what you see and doing what you know. If you know what you're doing, you don't necessarily have to look at somebody else to do what you know you need to do. You just know you need to do it and you go about And really, it's about following the leading of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to lead and guide your steps. But when I when I make that statement, my goal is, is in saying that is, women uh is y'all you know don't expect him to have everything you're looking for right then and there and and really don't expect him to cut out some a woman who has been his sole encourager and his sole supporter from birth to now you can't expect him to cut out cut her out not saying that she, he puts the mom above you because when you are his wife you are his Number one, I mean, you really is number two. God is number one, but you are there. You know what I'm saying? So you should never, ever feel threatened by the mom. If anything, you should be thanking the mom because if you have a good, uh, if you have a good man in front of you, not a perfect man, if 
you have a good man, you can say, you know what I'm saying, I can depend on him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He sticks around. He doesn't just leave me hanging dry. Uh, he encourages me. You know, he, uh, you know, he praises me whenever I'm, I'm doing something good and, and he keeps me moving forward and he teaches me things and I can speak into his life. If you got a man like that, you need to thank the mom. Whoever the mom figure was, um, you need to thank her because her influence made him the person he is. And you you are receiving the benefits of that. Well, so I have a question. Of, yeah. I know you was I know you was getting into it, but I can't I, I do like your statement, but here's a counter argument. And this is what my girlfriend actually said to me. She said mm -hmm. that a lot of men don't know how to take care of themselves because what they're looking for is their mom. So what you're yeah. saying and is, I can, I can agree with that. That's actually a really perfect statement. I'm actually glad you brought that up. That's very, very true. But the same women who say that will do the same thing to their children. So, yeah, right. So you you can't. It's a fallacy at that point. If you aren't willing to stop doing what's creating the problem, you have no right to speak about the problem if you're not going to create a solution to it. Not saying you. Not saying you're not entitled to talk about it. Let me try to rephrase it. But like you're the way you digging that hole. Yeah, but the way you raise your kids yourself will speak for itself. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're constantly doing everything for them, trying to make everything easy for them, and you know, uh meeting to their every need and desire, you're not a mom, you're a servant. You are uh a slave, really, because in order to make sure you receive your love that you want or in order to receive the affection you think you need from your child, you think the only thing that will get you that is by giving them what you, uh, what they want. Uh, pretty think frequently. It's given them by what they want or giving them what you never had, which is also in turn giving them what they want. Well, think about it in this regard. That's a good question, but giving them what you never had, you never had it and look how you came out but so everybody's running from their traumas though so like even in childhood most people are the way they are because of some type of childhood trauma right and so if you don't right. want your child to turn out like you because you know because these are the only moments where you actually know who you are is when you have a child it seems like because you don't want that child to have that same trauma you have to live with nobody right. else wants to well, admit it but you know what i mean well here's here's the thing here, here is the thing about it is you can never, ever fully know how a child will take or receive anything. That's true. And so, um, you know, so yeah, and you avoiding, so in you avoiding, trying to avoid them um, experiencing what you experienced because of lack, you may also be uh, hindering them because they might, that might be a character building moment. Like um, there's sometimes I've, I've learned to make sure I feed anybody who, you know what I'm saying, who I'm interacting with, I feed them. That's not, that's just something by nature. And the reason that that is because I did experience slack. There was plenty of nights where we didn't have food to eat. And, you know, you're sitting there and you're just looking at an empty fridge and, you know, um, you didn't, you know, with four kids in the house and whoever else is there, you know, uh, sometimes you look at an empty fridge and then just, you know, that, that traumatizes people. Um, you know, and so, so, so if you, but in this regard, if you keep your refrigerator stocked with 
things that aren't really good for the body so they can sit there and go to the fridge whenever they want to. You're not helping them in that regard either because now they're going to sit there, get lazy, become fat because now everything's in their form, you know what I'm saying? And now they got to deal with their own other type of trauma, which is possibly somebody bullying them because of the way they look, because they're not in the best shape they could be. So there's a balance. It's, it's about obtaining a balance and doing your best to, to stay in that balance. But even um, you just agreed that because of, and I don't want to call it a trauma, but lack of a better term, because of your mm -hmm. trauma from not being fed when you wanted to, you made sure that you feed people when they're around mm -hmm. you, right? So right. that will also be like the provider role that we were talking and discussing earlier. Right. Right? And so that's the, that's the I think it's called a feedback loop, right? So going back to what we were talking about, my question, mm -hmm. right? When do you want to do something different from your child because of the tragedy and the trauma that you had to deal with? I think if anything, because you dealt with the trauma and you just said, I will every, feed them. Everybody, everybody is going to deal with trauma. We live in a fallen world uh, and, and, and trauma is going to happen because people can't be good 24-7 by their own nature. Um, this is where, you know, my faith gets involved. It's like where it, become, it comes to a point where this is why you don't want them learning anything from your uh actions but the fact of the matter is they're watching you more than they're hearing you okay and so you have to live a lifestyle that reflects what you want installed in that child and so instead of constantly uh buying food uh so like what was that trauma you uh what was that trauma you were talking about earlier so it's like okay um that's it uh you know saying uh making uh making sure everybody eats so like yeah. if i had a if i have a child then I take them to the soup kitchen with me and let them see what it's like because it okay. also, okay. you know what I'm saying? It, it just reflects uh, uh, a level of grace and um, blessing that they're experiencing just by being your child. Because the fact of the matter is they may think they're, uh, they're being mistreated. They may think um, they're, they're being abused, but when they go somewhere and see somebody and other kids in a situation that's way steeper than what they're dealing with, you realize that there's, it could be worse. And then learning to be content where you are will help avoid those feelings uh, that usually cause the trauma a lot. But also it's, it's, it's in the same regard of uh, the parent has to be living that lifestyle in front of the child naturally. It can't be something you just put on and then take off, but they see the real you come out later don't get me wrong this ain't this doesn't mean that we uh we don't have times moments where we're imperfect and they see that you know what I'm saying but at the same time you when you live your lifestyle in the way that you want you would like for them to live that's the way that they can you can uh leave them off better um like for me particularly i don't have any kids yet but i raised nieces and nephews i teach them all a hard work ethic and so i'm very very tough on them uh, and, but in the same regard, I reward them. And when they do correct, I make sure I tell them, um, if I have to discipline them, uh, I sit down and talk with them afterwards and, and tell them why it happened. And, you know, and then we start talking about ways we can avoid this. So it doesn't have to happen again. I mean, this is all of this stuff that I'm telling you takes time. Uh, it's not something that happens like that, like, this isn't a, a microwave fix. This is something that takes time. 
um, and effort and energy you have to invest into. That means um, that means you have to instead of just constantly sitting them in front of the TV, talk to them. You know, and when y'all eating, have a conversation over a meal. When you are, you know, saying whatever it is that you're doing, you know, have a dialogue. You know, let them hear what you're saying because if you say it enough times they will catch it. And then when you reinforce it with the way you live your life, then they'll take that on and then they'll start emulating what you put in front of them. And then that's how you can avoid them uh, experiencing trauma and then teaching them how to deal with other traumas that maybe you not you won't cause, but maybe somebody else in the future may cause. And like in letting them see how you deal with conflict, letting them see how you deal with life's problems, which is why you know, if you're a Christian, you should be praising, worshiping in front of your kids, um, praising God, giving God the glory, because you want the kids to know that nothing you do and nothing you're providing is of of yourself. It's, it's all glory to God. And so you want them to understand everything they have is because God allows it to ha- allows them to have it. So I have a question. Uh, and, now, this is going yes. I'm, 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 I'm to dive in. We're going to get a little deep. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. OK. Earlier you stated, and hopefully I'm not wrong, I don't think I am, that you want to impart knowledge, right? But you don't want to kind of make them, like force feed it to them because that can have negative consequences. Can I agree to that? You said it differently, uh, but I'm just. No, I mean, I want I want them to learn. So yes, okay. I want to impart knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Force it, right? as, as a parent, it's my job to train them. Train so training them what? What are you training for? Training them uh, how to uh, seek God above um, seeking other things. Uh, teaching them God's uh, principles, uh, biblical principles, um, why biblical principles are important to learn, why it's important to honor your mother and father. Um, you know, uh, training them in how to do, you know, and in practical things too, so how to clean up and, and things of that nature, because all of you know, what you're doing is you have a child there who is eventually going to be grown and out on their own, and you want to give them everything that they uh, need to make it. Well, they don't necessarily need your money. You can have money, you can support them in that way, but if you use it the wrong way or if you use it too much, you're not giving, uh, you're not allowing them to experience what it would feel like for them to work for for themselves. Okay, so I have a question. So mm -hmm. let's say, because you're, you're a faithful Christian man, Let's say mm-hmm. one of your kids out of the many that you're trying to have, one of your kids is not Christian. What mm-hmm. do you do as a parent? Because now it is a parent that there could be some type of trauma and tragedy there from being the outcast because you don't have the same belief system as the person who's supposed to be the protector and the provider. So if they, if they decide, so first and foremost, that would be a willful decision that they make of their own volition. Um, in which case, if he, if, if they make that, he or she makes that decision for themselves, it doesn't stop me loving them. It grieves my spirit. It grieves me as a father because there's ramifications behind that, but it doesn't end my love. And it it won't stop me from being there uh, in the best capacity that I can as a father. All, all it means is now I got to trust God with it. And I take it to God. I pray about it and and just pray and hope that, you know, um, if it's something I did that God reveal it and then I can correct it or at least repent of it. 
and then keep it moving. But to be completely honest, when it comes when it comes to anything, when it comes to deciding on uh, Jesus and God and and living your life for Him, that's a personal decision you've got to make for yourself. So I I can train you and you can know it, but whether you do it or not, that's completely up to you. So I have a question. So, I have another mm -hmm. one. So th these this is a it's kind of complicated questions, but I have to ask because mm -hmm. I can see this bringing trauma as a person who was raised in that faith, and I don't necessarily believe in it. When it mm -hmm. comes to, you said that's that's going to hurt your soul because you say it has consequences that you believe in. Do you believe mm -hmm. that you would treat your child differently because they don't have your same beliefs? Or would you think that you will start spreading the word and the good mm -hmm. news? Good news for those who don't know is actually coming from the good uh, in the New Testament that Jesus mm -hmm. is here and has arrived and he is coming. Mm -hmm. And you're spreading the good news all the time to make sure mm -hmm. they try to come back to the faith, which can also bring mm -hmm. trauma. You know what I mean? Do you think you treat them a little differently? Because now let's say all your kids are all Christian, all been baptized, and you have this, I don't want to call it ugly duckling, but the red herring out there doesn't mm -hmm. believe in that. Do you believe that your attitude, your decision-making will change around that child because that's the only one? Uh, it's possible. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's possible that could happen, but that would be a, a fleshly move if I allowed my flesh to um, have me treat one of my children any different just because he doesn't, um, he, he made a decision about his faith that I don't agree with. The, the faith, whether he chooses the faith or not, that's for him to choose. But my, my obligation as a parent when they're growing up is to train you and take you. That's the reason why, you know, you have parents who make decisions for you at a certain age because you don't comprehend. But once you get to a point, when they get to a point where they can comprehend the decision they're making, yeah, um, it doesn't mean uh, I won't be hurt, grieved. And I may, you know, saying I may have to take time to take in that decision, but it doesn't change my love. doesn't mean I won't be there for them. Uh, at important events for their life. It doesn't mean that I won't be their father still. I'm still their dad. Um, all that means is I got to pray. I got to lock in more and uh, and I got to trust them. See, at a certain point, you got to give your kids up to God and trust God to, you know, once you do your part and to the best of your ability, you got to give it up to God. So yeah, um, if and that's if all of them wound, wind up, well, let's make it extreme. If none of them wind up believing, and that's a, you know saying that's a that's a possibility because um there's just just as like because I would at least you know your decision you know saying you know your decision I trained you you know saying then there's nothing I can do behind that but I'm still gonna love them all they're still gonna be my kids and I'm still gonna do my best to support them how I can and pray and intercede for them it won't change uh that. I might be hurt and yeah, I might, you know, saying I might be acting differently, but I would do my best to communicate that it doesn't change how I lo uh, love. It's just, I got to deal with that. When you're first introduced to things like that, people want you to take that information and act like nothing happened when really you, you had a traumatizing moment right then and there, you know, so everybody's got trauma to deal with at that point. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to let their decision on their fate, not mine their faith uh hinder uh my love for them because that would be unchristian um 
you know, uh, to, to take away my love. That's, that's a conditional love. God doesn't do that to us. God has a lot of people who blaspheme his name, uh, who outright say they don't believe in him or, you know what I'm saying? And, and then you got those who say they love him, but they don't honor him with their life and uh, how they live. And so both are just, just as bad. And God is one, either you're for me or you're against me. But if you're for me, don't just say it, live it. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, that's for them to to take up with God. That they're out of they're out of my hands at that point. You know what I'm saying? I have no more uh legal uh control as a parent to make to force them to do anything. Or like even like now, if they're in my household and they don't believe, you know what I'm saying? If you're in my household, you're still gonna go to church. You know, uh I'm still running that household. You know what I'm saying? That, that's still is, my can that be classified as traumatizing though? If let's no. say Let's say I'm no. 15. So, so, I'm still in your okay, household. Hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me let me finish. Let me finish. I'm gonna inter- I'm, I'm gonna interrupt. I'm going to say no because I live my life based off of scriptures, not off of what culture says is going to traumatize them. And the word says, train up a child in the way they should go. It doesn't say give them a choice. It, it says train them up. Now, when they get to an age of accountability, they have that choice. But as What's long as you're age my of accountability. Husband, Age age accountability is at a point when they come to a point where they can understand and comprehend for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And uh, age accountability, it could be 13. It could be because you got to remember, not everybody has everything click at the same age. So there's not a specific age, but that age of accountability is to that knowledge where, you know, saying, okay, I understand this. I know this. And whether you accept that, whether you accept it or not, that's still your personal decision, your faith. But like, just like when you go to a company and you work for a company, you don't necessarily agree with everything that they're doing. You don't necessarily agree with everything they say, but because you are in their vicinity, you're in their facility and they brought you in and allowed you to uh, function and, and have an income with them, you have to follow some policies that you don't agree with. Uh, another example is like, I don't agree with this mass policy. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. I understand oh, the safety measures. Uh, I, I understand the safety measures behind it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know people are gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, you said that." Da, 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 da. That's okay. Just because I don't agree with it doesn't mean I won't comply with it. Because okay. God, because because God told me to honor those in authority. And so, if those in authority say, "Hey, you know, saying we need y'all to wear your mask," at least whenever you're going out to these businesses. And you're around other people because they're trying to protect the public as a whole. And so I have a responsibility at that point as a Christian to, to submit myself to authority, even though I disagree with what it is they want me to do. Okay. And so, so going back to my question, because I have to cut you off before we deviate. I want mm-hmm. to say I'm a 15 year old. I'm in your house. Mm-hmm. It's clicked for me. Pop, I'm sorry. I, I don't believe in the thing that you believe in. Can mm-hmm. I just stay home and work on programming? Do I really no. have to go to church? No, I'm not going to sit here and, and like, like, okay. You still have to come with me to church. Yes. That that's, that's a requirement as being part of my household. Yes. You still have to come to church. Now you don't have to sit there and uh, attend, but I will bring you and you, you will be exposed to it as long as you're in my household. Now, if you feel the way you do, then you know saying and you don't like the fact that you still have to come to church you have a decision to make 
you know, are you ready for this world out there? Are you ready? Because coming, coming to a decision like that doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to go out by yourself. Now, as long as you're in my household and you have a place to eat and a place to stay, I, I'm not requiring much, but I do require you to go to church, especially if you're eating and you're eating for free and stuff like that. You know, things at that things at that point, you know, there's a, there's a point where I still I still will require certain things as long as you're in this household, and okay. and I'm the one you know you know running the household. So let me I'm gonna flip the question. I'm gonna flip this question. Okay, I, I kind of because in my head it sounds kind of weird the way you're answering this. So I want to, I want to flip it on its head. And this okay. is what I mean. Hey, little boy, you 15, we going to play football. Dad, it hurts. I would rather mm-hmm. write. I would rather do something that doesn't hurt my body. I have brittle bones. Boy, if you don't go and get tackled on Saturday, cause I'm trying to, or Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, mm-hmm. because we're trying to make money in the future, I'm going to hurt you. Cause you living in my mm-hmm. house. Does that does that not sound traumatizing? Mm, well, first and foremost, no. I think it's a dad establishing order in his household. See, for a household to run correctly, not saying that it might not. I mean, I I I'll, t- I'll say this. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, uh, I I I don't know if that would be traumatizing for them because there's. So much that because people are offended daily, like you, you can't do anything without offending people. That's true. So, uh, so that that fifteen year old boy is offended. He's a teenager. He's offended. You know, what I'm saying That's he true. wants to think for himself. He wants to do for himself because he thinks he's ready to go out into the world and do stuff that he's really not ready to do. Is it and go so out into as, the world, or is it trying well, to negotiate okay. with a parent about what I think I could do well, that would be more? You don't negotiate, just like how America doesn't negotiate with terrorists. I don't negotiate with my children. Then how do now, you build I rapport? Them, Not negotiation, but choice. like you I say, talks, right? Okay. I offer them choices. You know what I'm saying? And then based on the choices they make, if I have to correct them, then I correct them. But I do offer them a choice and at least a chance, because I'm trying to get installed into biblical principles. Now I'm not going to sit here and and degrade their character i'm not going to sit here and break their spirit because you know they're they may not be picking up or they choose not not i have to continue to do it in love and 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 pray and hope that as i show the example i'm showing you and and also you have to when when i say living this out like there's a lot of things that people are saying because this is this is another bad thing it's like that same example you gave right which i want to address that first um if he's like, but dad, I don't want to do it or something like that. Okay. But you are going to do some type of physical activity because it will build discipline. It will build a uh, teamwork ethic. It will also uh, allow you to get out and meet different people. Um, these are different things that will help build their character. So yeah, it may not be. And then also you don't even really know you don't like it because you never really try. So at the very least, we're going to give this a try. And it's uh, and if it's really something you you don't do and that's not for you, then we're going to continue to try different things until we find that one thing that you find interesting. And so as your parent, I, I can't sit there and wait for you to figure out because you don't know. Like my mom, you know, say anybody like if you talk to anybody in their 20s 
and you're trying to get them to figure out, hey, what do you want to do with your life? They really don't know. So there's some guidance that is needed. There is some um, accountability that is needed. And as their parent, parents cannot be their kids' friends. Now, I'm, now to tell your entire audience who may be watching, I am not a counselor. I am not none of this. I, I'm just going off of what I believe scripturally and what I live by scripturally uh, and as consistently as consistently as I can. Um, I, I don't get it all correct. But in that regard, no, I don't I don't negotiate certain things with my kids. Now, we can have a discussion, but the rule is the roots in, at, at the end of the day. So, like, um, you know, somebody can have something. Uh, there could be protesters that don't agree with measures that the president has put on the agenda. And, you know, they can go out there and protest and things like that. And he can hear you out. But at the end of the day, when it comes to enforcing uh, order and restoring order, his word holds more weight and has more ability uh, and can be enforced over the protesters. I'm not saying that's correct or right or anything, but that's that's the structure of things and learning. Uh, and also, uh, whenever I uh, override what it is they want, that's a chance for them to learn submission to authority. Um, if you can learn how to submit yourself to authority, even when it's something you don't like, you will thrive in a lot of situations. But if everything's always got to be your way or the highway, you will not thrive. You will actually be somebody that people want to get rid of because you're always that one person that has something to say. You're always that one person that's stirring up strife because you don't like, you know, and I, I was this person, that was me. Um, you know, I would be there and these bosses come up and say something that didn't make sense to me. And I would sit there and look at them like, how can y'all sit there and say that? That's stupid. You're wrong. And I don't want to agree with it. And then I'll act out. But the fact of the matter is they have authority backing them, a higher authority backing them that allows them to say, okay, well, if you don't like it, then you can't be a part of this team. I want to, I want to go back uh, just a little bit because mm -hmm. I do want to attack a couple of points. The number one point I want to attack is what is so bad for a parent to also be a parent and also a friend? Wouldn't it help develop there's and build relationships? There's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's about prioritizing. Okay. If I have to be your parent or if I have to be your friend, I'm going to be your parent first. That's That makes sense, but earlier and i just i, I kind of want you to just address it is you say that i don't believe that parents should be friends with their children i'm paraphrasing but mm -hmm. are you well, saying you, that like how I, do you build a relationship they, yeah yeah I still, I still stand by that statement i believe there's a lot of uh parents that are ruining their children by trying to be their friends instead of being their parent can you define you want, the difference because when I think okay, of, friend, go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, a friend is somebody that's around you that's like-minded, right? Um, yes. Had, they, they, they y'all agree on a lot of different things, yes. and uh, you know, what I'm saying, and so they're they're a lot of times encouraging you uh, in what you believe. But what what if what you believe and what you think is right is really wrong, and you have a group of people around you that are saying, "Yeah, keep doing that," but it's eventually going to land you in a place you don't want to go. Now, does the parent, is the parent still a loving parent for saying, yeah, go ahead and do what you want to do because I love you? Or are they really loving to say, hey, this is going to get you in the pen and you can't do that while you're here in my house. 
who is more loving? The parent, but that's that also still okay. be a friend. So, so okay. So at that point, they're not being a friend. That's that's okay. How about how about I say it like this? I get where you're coming from. You have you have those friends whose uh, time and attention are actually worth or paying attention to, and like their words are worth paying attention to. But at the same time, you got those who you know they're your friend, they cool, but you really can't take nothing they say seriously because they're fruit doesn't bear what it is they're talking about. Yep. And when I say when when I say bearing fruit, so it's like, okay, as a parent, if I'm instructing you to do something and you don't see it bearing fruit, this is why I say it's very important that you live the lifestyle before them instead of just talking it. They need to see you living it instead of just talking it. And I think that's where the disconnect comes because yeah, you can say all the good stuff and you can say all the right stuff, but until they see you do it, like you can say, you can tell them be patient, but until they see you in the car, in traffic, and maintaining your composure, not cussing out anybody or flipping anybody off, it's not going to register to them. You can sit there and say it all day long, but until you're actually living it before them on an everyday basis, you know what I'm saying? And so when I say a parent can be a friend, I'm not saying that they can't have a good time together. I'm not saying that they can't enjoy each other's time. What I'm saying is the responsibility of a friend and the responsibility of a parent is two different things. And if you're, prioritizing, if you're prioritizing being a parent, it's above being their friend. So I, sometimes, because don't friends get into disagreements? Don't they disagree? So do kids and adults. Right, right. But at that point, that's where it's a submission to authority. Who has authority in that relationship? What will happen if your authority is wrong? So, as an example, right? Like, that's that's the submission part. They can be wrong, but it's still their authority, and it's a submission to authority. Because here's the here's the thing: in a Christian home, there's there's such thing as being humble, um, okay. and where you can where you can admit where you're wrong, um, and that that teaches and ministers to children just as much as being right and setting law. So, like, say. Uh, you know, I had, you know, if somebody has a disagreement with their kids and, you know, the kid acts up and it's like, well, look, I'm, I'm the parent of the house and I'm saying, this is what we're going to do. Okay. And it's the wrong thing that they're doing. Well, a lot of times you have to trust, you have to trust that at some point they will recognize because it's kind of like how I view it as like companies. Uh, It's like, you have to trust that eventually they'll see that that's not working and then they have to come back and take back and then that's when it's their responsibility to go back to the person um whether it's a child wife friend whatever they got you got to go back and apologize and say hey i'm sorry this wasn't correct can you forgive me and that right there will minister a lot more to people than just you know trying to act like you know even when you're wrong and you know you're wrong but you're still doing the same thing if you're actually able to. Thank you. Just uh, leave it out there. So that will minister to them a lot more than just um, flat out saying, well, this is what we're doing. But sometimes um, when you're submitting to authority, you have to let them figure out that it's wrong and not saying that it doesn't come at a cost. It does. But then that's where you have to trust. And this is the Christian world. Trust that God will um will provide justice when he gets back and and hold things accountable that's 
you know, there's there's a point where you really have to submit things to God and you have to let God work. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the answer that you wanted, but that's the answer I'm giving. It's like, not it's not it's not the answer. I'm, it's like you're not. We just see different views. So as as an example, I was reading this book by Malcolm Gladwell um, called Outliers. Right. And he was referencing a study about how different parents parent. And so in one of the studies, and this is going to be, it's usually classism that he was talking about, but I'm going to kind of use this classism to mm-hmm. improve on the point that I'm trying to make. And so mm-hmm. in this classism, in a wealthy family, the child has the ability to conversate with the parents, whether it be disagreements or not, whether it be correction or not. And that's in a wealthy household. So now when they go into the doctor's office and let's say the doctor asks them a question, like, hey, mm-hmm. does your knee hurt? The boy can be like, yeah, my knee hurts. Also, my ears hurt. Also, my mm-hmm. arm hurts. Because now when it comes to looking at authority, they're not mm-hmm. having to be so submissive to where in the poor class, if you will, when they go, because their submission authority is so high that they don't want to say anything, even though if they have any other ailments. And so when it comes to why can't I keep asking this question, can you still be a friend and also a parent is because are we stifling our kids ability to stand up to authority in the long run? Because if for years, if your child doesn't have the ability to speak to you the way they would like to, because they are scared by uh what is it what is what is that thing that our parents used to say um by the wrath of god what what is that what is that whatever but you know what i'm trying to say by the wrath of god the hand of god then we are we are raising submissive children who who won't be outspoken when there's time to be outspoken you know what i mean and so that's why i keep asking because i don't know what friendship really is between a child and a parent what I think friendship is, is free and open communication. Now, I can still discipline you off the communication. You ain't going to talk to me crazy. I'm a in your mouth. Just kidding. I never do that. But I'm just saying, I was raised, if I, when I was raised, that quick little pop in the mouth was ready. <laughs> but it almost stifled me in a sense when it comes to authority. Sometimes I still have issues. I grow out. Of, I grew out of that. But it was because in a Christian household, there's so much you have, you have your parents, right? Then you have mm-hmm. grandma who's overseeing everything. And let you have great grandmama who big mama who controls everything. You don't need a grand, what's granddaddy? Granddaddy ain't nothing because big mama got everything, right? But that was the submission to authority. Like in black communities, we have this hierarchy of power that we already put in place. But and that's why I was just asking because I knew growing up, my dad used to always say, "This is a dictatorship. This is not a democracy." Mm-hmm. But now with me and my stepdad, we don't talk like that, and I think a big portion of that is because we I never had that open communication with him to even discuss things if I did wrong or right because I feared the wrath of God. I feared that discipline of either or. Well, here's 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 what I'm gonna get to, and all of this is scripture, and I'm actually gonna get to a, a verse on that. So, yes, there's a time and place where that dialogue can happen, um, but we we also have to consider: um, do they really know what it is that? Because 
to have a dialogue means you have an understanding, which also makes you accountable for your actions. So whenever, and so that's something else is like, when they're account, when the parent is accountable for how the child acts, then the parent has the authority to say yes or no, because they will receive the consequences of their behavior. But once they come to an age of accountability where they start receiving accountability for their own actions, then that dialogue can take place because now they have to make decisions and then they have to accept the consequences, whether positive or negative for those consequences. And in regards to uh, to that one you're saying about Big Mama and, and this established hierarchy, there's a way God has of doing things and there's a way that we have of doing things. I don't lean on my own understanding anymore. I I do my best to study the scripture and live it out as best as I possibly can in balance. See, the whole thing about this is balance. There is a time when you need to allow your children to speak up so you can hear what they're feeling. And so you can do your best to, you know, change your approach to, to something that will be more effective in your training. But there also is a time when you have to be assertive and stand your ground, regardless whether they agree with your decision or not. It's a it's a thing of balance um, that and a lot of people go too far to the left and too far to the right. But you have to really uphold that balance as much as you possibly can. But you never sacrifice uh, you, you never sacrifice the principles of Scripture. Um, as a Christian, the the Scriptures are our final authority. Whether people agree with the uh, with that as our final authority, that's that's up to a later uh, debate. But as a Christian, my authority is the scriptures and what the scriptures say and try to live my life according uh, to the principles that I'm being taught in that. And I think if at least if the kids are being trained in that, then they will know what is right from wrong. Now, what they choose to do with that knowledge is up upon, is upon them. But while they're in my care, while they're under my, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But while they're under my care and they're my responsibility to feed and instruct you know uh there's a way that we're going to go about things and that's going to be how god leads me and uh you know my you know and you got to think about it is anybody who leads they're not really trying to control but they they see a way that things should uh should be done and they try to go about it in that way what i what i'm trying to get is you have to go to god with it because every family is different every person is different not all your kids are going to think like you. Not all of your, uh, you know, not everybody you meet is going to think like you. And you have to be able to, in love, still have that balance, but also make it very clear that I am in charge in here and this is how we operate in this household. Um, and that, you know, at the very least, the child doesn't necessarily have to agree with my beliefs, but he can at least respect me enough to honor me as leader, as head of the household and uh, respect my authority. And at that point, if you can't at least respect the rules of the house that I have in place, then it may be time for you to to go ahead and, and be independent. But see, here's the thing is a lot of, there's a lot of children who think they know, I thought I knew, you know what I'm saying? I, I really thought I knew and, and I, I was lippy with my mom, almost got cut a couple of times because of it, uh, but, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that was the correct way for her to handle it. You know what I'm saying? And she apologized, you know, for those times, just like I had to apologize for the times I was being lippy. But that's the whole point is 
it's, it doesn't mean the parent isn't wrong. Um, what it means is that are we living according to scripture? That's why you have to have a final authority. What's what's the final authority on these decisions? And in a Christian household is scripture. Now, God in, in scripture, God places the man as the head of the household to be able to interpret what, or at least, you know, go to God to figure out, God, what is right in this situation? God is what what is correct in the situation? Because I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I really don't know. And when you get to a point where you fear God enough to say, to say, I don't know God and I need your help, then he will lead and guide you in the correct steps you need to take in addressing certain issues within the family. But I think to take God out of, to, to take God out of uh, the family and, and then expect, you know, the family to run the way it should, I think that's a little bit, you know, not good. I don't know the word for it. I, I don't think that's, the correct way. Now, that's my personal opinion, uh, Emmanuel Williams' personal opinion. But you know, seeing I don't necessarily think that's the correct way to go about things. And I understand that's not uh, the only way to do things because there's, you know, every household is different. But in a Christian household, at the very least, everybody should be submitting authority to the scriptures and and God's word, what He says about certain things and if you're doing that a lot of times you can get past even some of the most difficult of things and then uh prayer prayer is very important prayer uh prayer is our secret sauce as we say a transformation um you know so when there's things that's overwhelming and there's things that i don't understand i have to take it in prayer and uh and, and have faith that my god hears me and will uh, will address everything I'm bringing to him, and then at that point, you know, I I put my burdens on him. Everything that's irritating me uh, or bugging me about the family, whether it's the kids, the wife, the you know, what I'm saying uh, any of that, you know, what I'm saying I have to bring it to God and submit it to God and say, God, this is you. Um, I need help. I don't know what to do from here, and please lead and guide me. And you'll be surprised how things will begin to fall in place because. You humbled yourself and you you took your pride out of it. Instead of saying, I'm always right, you humbled yourself before God and you said, I don't know everything you do and I need your perspective on this. That's usually when you get insight and keen wisdom on how to handle particular situations that will better benefit the entire family, and especially and, and then addressing the fact that, you know, you got big mom and, and, and big grandma that runs the house. They're under a pressure that was God didn't design for them to take because uh, men aren't there to take on that pressure because when you're running a household, you have just as much responsibility and duties to keep that household running as a child or as a wife or as a, you know, anybody who's a part of that household, everybody has a responsibility, but as a leader, your responsibility is greater and comes with a greater sacrifice, um, which is why God places places that on you and gives you the authority because you're you're as as the head of the household you're at uh you are liable for what happens to a lot of people and and because you have that liability you should also be given that authority to make final decisions on things that you guys that the family may disagree about like we had a family meeting yesterday deciding on the budget how to um get something fixed and you know i have my way and uh my ideas of doing things 
my brother has his way and his idea of doing things. But if we're going to come together, uh, we have to get to a point where we're unified in purpose on, on things. And so my mom, who is the matriarch of this family, will always have the final uh, over what happens, um, you know, saying in regards to how we go about different things. Even when I strongly, and I, I can say this confidently, I have at many times strongly disagreed with the decision she's made uh, and voiced it, you know what I'm saying, in love whenever at the appropriate time, you know what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, once I voice my opinion that she allows it, uh, you know what I'm saying, and she still continues, wants to move forward, then I submit to that and then I try to find a way to make that decision work. So I have one more question. And after this, we can wrap it up. I just, once again, want to thank you for joining me. And so this one, this might be a long way to answer from you, but I think it is, it's really important. And I kind of was highlighting this earlier, but I really want to staple it, bring it home for you. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about children, and since this is the child relationship, we talked about a little bit of your relationships before, but the mental health regarding your child and the relationship. Mm-hmm. You are very... Um, you're very particular about the authority that you submit to. Mm-hmm. You have shown your passion. You have been eloquent with your words. And I believe that you believe in what you believe. Mm-hmm. What happens if a significant other, let's say your future wife, a future mm-hmm. child, or somebody who means more than the current people around you mean to you, submits to a different authority than you do. Not just God itself, but different mm-hmm. authority. Let's say they might have a different religion. Let's say they don't believe that Big Mom has the is the matriarch of the family. Let's say they just truly believe in something entirely different. How do you nurture their mental health? Because they are now an are outlier. Child? The child or your significant other. Let's say you said your girlfriend Yaya, your girlfriend Yaya comes to you tomorrow. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm submitting to a different authority than you. Is it a deal breaker? Yes. Your child uh, I'm submitting to a different authority than you. How do you rear the child? But the child uh, doesn't necessarily mean I disown him. But um, okay, you disagree and you don't believe then we have to figure we have to figure out your arrangements because what's what's going to wind up ha- happening is there's going to be discord and strife in the household because there's two different belief systems going on. Can there um, not be now, two belief systems in one household? Can that not happen? Uh, not, not if you if you expect to live in peace. I think it's important you guys can disagree on stuff, but you need to have a common ground on certain foundational issues. Um, especially uh, concerning worldviews, because you're going to collide every single time. Now, if y'all if y'all know for a fact y'all have different worldviews, um, you know, saying then that's where you have to learn to agree to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you, um, you know, saying and then but the child still has to submit to to authority. That's the I'm thing. I'm saying they, so, they are submitting to authority, just yeah, not so, the authority okay, you elect so them to. So they voice and they voice their, if if they voice their opinion like that. And it did in a way that was uh, submissive to authority. Then I just res- I would do my best to say, okay, I understand that you're still required to go to church as being a part of this household. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, saying at that point, you know, 
leave it at that because I'm hurt and they're probably hurt because I'm requiring them to still attend church. And so there might be, there might be a need of time of separation for us, for God to work on our hearts. And then who knows what could come of the next conversation. See, um, people think it's bad to separate. It's, it's not bad to separate. Even Jesus had to go to himself for a little while and pray. And I think the main thing is, is whoever the believer is in that house has to turn their attention to God and stop uh, trying to um, control everything. It's, it's not about controlling everything. Uh, the leader of the house is still submitting to an authority above himself. And so you you don't control it because like God tells me things plenty of times I don't like. I have plenty of times God will sit there and say, I want you to do it. What do you mean? They just cussed me out. Like two minutes, you was there, God, and you say I gotta go give them twenty dollars. Tell me now, now. You tell me how that makes sense. Bless your enemies. I bless them. Bless you. Not knowing no dollar twenty dollars. <laughs> bless you. You know. What I'm bless so you like, in the name of the blood. <laughs> bless you in the name of the blood. <laughs> that's about. That's as much as they gonna get. They gonna get an accent and a blessing. I ain't giving them money. No currency. <laughs> but that's, and, and that's the thing about it is a lot of times is God will use the foolish things to confound the wise. And so sometimes what he's asking of you uh, may, may be, there may be an answered prayer at the end of that if you're willing to be obedient. See, it's, it's about obedience at the end of the day. Obedience, obedience. It's not doing necessarily what you want. It's doing what God wants. And you can ask any real faith-filled believer, like, God will ask you to do some crazy stuff. The world will not understand. The world isn't going to understand. They, they, they will never really understand unless they conform their thinking to Christ and his ways. But that means lowering yourself, humbling yourself, and, and admitting that I don't know everything. And so I need to learn about this thing, about how God will do this. And when you do it that way, you know what I'm saying, it makes it easier to do those tough things when God tells you to bless your enemies or, you know, give them something that you really don't want to give them or uh, treat a person nice when they've been treating you like dirt for the, the entire time. And if I could segue just a little bit on that note, you know, I think that's what I think that's the opportunity a lot of black people have before them. We have a racial issue that was brought to light through a lot of recent events. And when I say brought to light, not to say that people didn't know about it, but now people have to talk about it. And so now I, that's a that's an opportunity for a lot of black people to say, you know what? We've been done wrong for over 400 years. And God's saying, you know what? Can you forgive them anyway? Because you can't expect God to do for you what you won't do for others. Can you forgive them? You know what I'm saying? And they did wrong. And they probably still think, you know, saying I'm a, I'm a monkey butt scratching, whatever, you know, so whatever their thoughts are. But can I love them despite uh, despite themselves? Can can I still do put my best foot forward? Not out of me, not because of me, but because my God wants me to do it. Can because God says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And some of his commandments are more difficult to put in practice than to just talk about. And I like that. And so. Stay on the phone. I'm going to do my outro. Thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate it. What you brought to the table. 
we definitely gonna do this one. We definitely gonna do this again. If I can't find another yep. person to interview, I'm definitely gonna call you back. And that was cool. really good. I really did enjoy that. I want to shout out to Betsy for staying out there with me. I want to thank my cousin for staying out there with me. Thank you, Mary, Patrice, and Maurice, Dakota, Casey. Once again, it's your boy Shanti Era. It's S H O N C I Big E Big R bringing these to you weekly hopefully if it's not what it guess it's gonna be with me you already know who this is ymb young and bipolar do not use my illness as your inspiration but be inspired by my mistakes love you guys appreciate you guys peace up a town down <laughs>